6 has concluded, as has the 30 for 30 for National Podcast Post Month. But there were a couple I just couldn't leave out uh, of this that I really still wanted to share with you. So I'm bringing you a couple bonus episodes. Uh, four, as a matter of fact. And this is the first one. Uh, if you're a fan of the television show Last Man Standing, which at the time was on ABC, uh, now currently on Fox and is going to be going into its final season, um, you're familiar with my two with the two guests that we're rewinding back to this time. Uh, Nancy Travis, who is an amazing actress. You've seen her in a ton of other stuff, too, including one of my favorite movies, So I Married an Axe Murderer. And Molly Ephraim, who played one of the daughters on Last Man Standing, who unfortunately was not able to make the return to the series when it returned to Fox, so they had to recast the role, but she was still a great integral part of the series, and we got to speak to her when she was still on the show, and she's a local chick, she's local to where I live, she's from Bucks County, Pennsylvania, so we got to talk a little bit about that as well. Uh, So I hope you guys enjoy this one, the first of four bonus episodes for National Podcast Post Month. Um, a little epilogue to season six before we dive into season seven in a short period of time. My rewind with Nancy Travis and Molly Ephraim. Enjoy. All right, everybody, welcome to another edition of the Showcast Spotlight here on the Next Level Network. I'm your host for this edition, Ben Beck, joined by my co-host, Adam Gorey. And our guest this week is someone who has been part of the ABC family for the past five, now going on to her sixth year, uh, which is always an impressive run when it comes to network television. She plays Mandy Baxter, and who is no joke, one of my favorite characters on one of my favorite shows. Uh, not saying this just because she's on the line. It's very, very true. <laughs> Uh, one of my favorite shows, Last Man Standing, which just aired its season six premiere. Please welcome Molly Ephraim. Molly, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Uh, no joke, I have watched this show since episode one. I've watched since the beginning. And <laughs> your character very quickly became one of my favorites just because I laugh so much when, when with some of the stuff that Mandy does. Yeah, it's really fun. It's it's not like me in real life, but it's great to be able to turn on sort of like the bobblehead, and uh, and I get to wear pretty clothes, and they do my makeup and my hair all cute. So it's a nice departure from from me in my regular life. Yeah, that was actually something I was going to ask too. As part of this, is you know, Mandy is obviously a little ditzy. She's very uh-huh. diva esque uh, at times. Um, but I know I followed you on Twitter for the past couple seasons as well, and I know just from your Twitter account and your postings, you're very funny, and you're so far from Mandy. Um, <laughs> b- yeah. B- but how much of your real character do you th- your real character do you think actually finds its way into Mandy when you're on screen? Um, I, I like to be silly and self-deprecating, and I think that there's some of that in, in Mandy. Look, you know, she's not written to be sort of the, the sharpest tool in the shed, um, <laughs> but I think that I, I never wanted to be disparaging about her or her intelligence or her lack thereof, so I think I like to inject sort of a wink and a nod when I'm doing a dumb bit, because I think she knows that she's saying something that's sort of ditzy or stupid sometimes sometimes maybe (laughs) not but um but yeah i think there's a certain intelligence and i i notice that in girlfriends of mine sometimes you can like you know say something that sounds a little dumb but actually you know exactly what you're doing and i think she's one of those gals (laughs) and she's she's secretly a genius 
Yeah, and she's certainly found herself a partner in Kyle that's very similar. To yeah, her, well, what's sure. funny too is I I feel like you know before Mandy and Kyle really made it official, um, he, I think I think Mandy's kind of dumbed him down in the relationship. You know, one person <laughs> they always talk about like a straight man when you're you know in a comedy, somebody's sort of the jokester and somebody's the straight man, and we get to do that for each other, Christoph and I. But, uh, but yeah, sometimes he just, he gets some real dumb ones in there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. He's so cute, though. You can't help it. Yeah, and he's it's so funny, too. Perfect, cause, I mean, perfect delivery. You say that, like, you you almost, like, Mandy almost kind of dumps him down a little bit. I, is that mm-hmm. really possible with Kyle? I don't really know for sure. Because... No, I don't know. I think what's so fabulous about Kristoff and the way that he plays this guy is that he is, 800% earnest in everything that he does and says. Like, you could not find a purer heart out there than than Kyle. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's like you just, you love everything that comes out of his mouth. And Christoph is, in my mind, like, just a total comedic genius. I can't stop laughing every time I'm working with him. Yeah, Checking and it's funny. Out. You look at the personality of both Mandy and Kyle and you, you know, from the very beginning of the show, Mandy and Kyle didn't end up together, I think, until around season four. Was it they actually ended up together? Yeah, maybe three, four. Might have been around. I don't know. It's been a while. (laughs) But but you look at these two characters and from the very beginning, you don't realize how destined for each other they really are. You know, how how perfect they are for each other since the beginning. Exactly. Just Uh, birds of a feather. Yeah, you know, so the last time we saw your character in season five, you know, Mandy was moving forward with her fashion business. She was planning her marriage mm-hmm. with Kyle. Um, mm-hmm. And now I think the way the season ended, there are plans for both of you to move in back with your parents. Um, what kind of things do you think we can plan to see now out of Mandy uh, for the coming season? Well, what's funny is we get this question a lot. And um, we're, we're, we're not sort of beating around the bush or being facetious or anything. We really don't know. <laughs> I genuinely don't know. I cannot say with any certainty what will happen for Mandy this year. I'm pretty sure she'll be getting married because I think we've set that one up. Yeah. Um, and that's not like a spoiler alert. That's like we've been paving the way for that. Um, but as far as the scripts go and, and where the season is headed, we as the actors don't get to know that until like the night before we start working on it really. So in, in a small way, I mean, of course we we're shooting the episodes and then they're airing a couple of weeks after. So we know more than you do as viewers, but um, in a small way, we're also kind of along for the, for the ride, finding out what's happening up with these characters and, and where they're headed. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it's the shows, um, you know, everybody who, who has seen home, home Improvement from back in, I guess it was the 90s, the show obviously has a somewhat comparable uh, type of um, kind of storyline to it. But um, mm-hmm. I know you're about the same age I am, and, and I was, I know I remember my parents always watching Home Improvement when I was younger and everything like that. And, and obviously that's part mm-hmm. of the draw for the show with Tim Allen as being like his, I, I don't know, when it first came out, I don't know that... Um, you know, when I first saw it, I, I didn't expect it to be as successful as it is, and it's great to see. So were you kind of a fan of Home Improvement growing up as well, or did you not really get to check it out too much? So funnily enough, I had never seen an episode until we started shooting Last Man. 
my brother and I did not watch a lot of TV growing up. We were not allowed to, not like in a strict off the grid kind of a way, more like in a Sesame Street PBS only kind of a way, um, <laughs> and kind of limited limited TV viewing. Uh, so yeah, as a result, like I, I'm missing a lot of pop culture references from the 80s and 90s. Um, a home improvement being among them. So uh, I have a ton of girlfriends that are madly in love with JTT and were just chomping at the bit to come and see him <laughs> in episodes of our show <laughs> and, like, dying to be introduced. So I was like, yeah, sure, you know, he's a, he's a sweet guy. Um, so, so the home improvement stuff, like, just doesn't land for me, but, um, but it's pretty funny that, you know, in a lot of ways now I'm a part of this show that has that same kind of appeal and and comfort and like good homey family feelings as home improvement did so it's fun for me to get to be a part of that zeitgeisty thing you know yeah yeah absolutely i mean it's it's almost like the home improvement of this generation and you are actually funny enough mentioning jtt you're kind of like the jtt of this generation you're the middle one right yes (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so in, I feel like a, on the one episode that I saw, I was like, oh, little JTT, he was like such a little smartass, and I <laughs> am not doing that, but yeah, yeah I'm, in, I'm in the middle slot. Yeah, exactly, and I mean, maybe part of the reason, you know, growing up, you didn't get a chance to uh, to watch too much of it, I know you were big into, uh, in the theater um, growing up, and I know having that background, it kind of gives you a little bit of... Um, little bit of room to do a lot of different type of work and I know you did before you you know you hopped on with Last Man Standing you did uh, the second Paranormal Activity movie and then uh, obviously you did the Marked Ones I think about three or four years after that I'm kind of curious when you did the first one was there any kind of different approach you took going into uh, going into the Marked Ones after you've kind of had a show like um a show like Last Man Standing under your belt for a few years, you know, and, and doing that kind of work for a while. Did you take any different approach mm. between the two? No, I don't think so. What was funny about the Paranormal 2 is um, oh, it was largely improvised. It was the first sort of sequel in that series. And so they were trying to come up with a way to make something seem as naturalistic as the first one, but also have kind of a plot line that followed through. So it was really sort of experimental filmmaking at in a paramount movie which i now have come to understand is pretty rare and weird <laughs> yeah. um but in a lot of ways was was theatrical because we had cameras that were mounted so you didn't have to worry about you know duplicating any kind of performance or getting another shot from another angle or whatever um for the marked ones it was definitely more scripted although Chris Landon, the writer of that one, is a good buddy of mine and said, you know, just kind of feel it out. Um, I'm playing the same character. So, uh, you know, I, I was sort of back to just give some background information on, on ghosts and the research that my character has done. It was mostly just a blast for me to come in for a day and see the crew and the people who worked on our movie because all the paranormal movies essentially had the same crew throughout so okay. it was nice to connect with them okay 
Um, I know we're running a little short on time with you, but I know we, we've talked a, a little bit about your, you know, your upbringing in the theater and such. And you mentioned mm-hmm. not being, you know, not watching TV and such. It, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention this. We are actually in the Philadelphia area, which is where you are from. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> from Bucks uh, County. Yeah. So, I mean, we're, I'm down in Delaware County. Adam is in Lehigh County. Lehigh County. That's what I thought. Oh, cool. Um, you okay. obviously, you know, you live out in L.A. now due to the shooting of Last Man Standing and such. Do you make it back here yes. to the Philly area often? I do. Yeah. My brother lives in Philly. My folks are still in PA. Um, so I get back a fair amount. And and my mom for years is like, I don't want to deal with East Coast winters anymore. <laughs> and <laughs> every year we have a we have a steep driveway at my parents' house, and every year they get smoot in, and you know there's no power, and my mom's just like cursing herself out, living in 50 degrees inside the house. I'm like, just come <laughs> to LA. I live here now. Come on out. But yeah, I do. I do go home and uh, and see everybody, and and sort of. Be in the middle of nature. That's yeah. what I like about it. Yeah, but- Are you the Bucks County down like by Levittown or up by like Quakertown or middle like Doylestown? Like, yeah, more like Doylestown. Oh, Doylestown okay. Doylestown area. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. These, the East Coast winters out here are rough. And <laughs> yeah. right now we're we're getting ready to hit like an Indian summer because we're going to be into like the, yeah. the, the warm temperatures through December, which I don't like. I like the cooler. I like the winter temperatures around the holidays. So it's. It kind of sucks. I know. I miss it in theory. And then when I come back for Thanksgiving or Christmas breaks or something, I'm like, oh, it's so nice. And then I just hit that mark. I'm like, I don't want to be wet anymore. I don't need this slush. You can only miss it for so long. Exactly. So, uh, But uh, obviously we want to send people to check out Last Man Standing. It's Fridays at 8 o'clock, 7 Central. Your season six premiere just debuted. Uh, or you just premiered uh, last night when our listeners are starting to listen to this. Uh, and I'm looking forward to another great season. Um, you know, Adam brought up Home Improvement earlier on. And it's funny because when the show first started and I heard the premise of it, I was calling it Home Improvement 2.0. Uh, yeah. You know, same <laughs> premise, three daughters instead of three sons, uh, outdoorsman mm-hmm. instead of a handyman. But the show has really, right. in, in the time that it's been on, has really grown to have its own identity. And it's separated itself from Home Improvement, which I'm, I'm actually very happy uh, to have seen. And it, it, which is why, while Home Improvement was one of my favorite sitcoms, Last Man Standing is too. And they're, uh, I, while there are some similarities, it's definitely different. And I still enjoy it. So I'm looking forward to seeing what this sixth season brings. Yeah, it's catching up well, too. Thanks. Catching up to the same number yeah. of seasons, so that's great to see. Yeah, home I know it's pretty wild. I mean, pun intended. It's like if you don't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I yeah. think that Tim kind of knew that about like you know what this premise works, and he wanted with the vlogs. He always wanted a a, a part of the show where he could kind of break that fourth wall. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I of course the comparisons roll in, but on the other hand, we're like we're on a show for six seasons, and in this day and age, it's sort of rare so it's great that people have connected with this thing and felt like oh that reminds me of this other show that i used to watch and really love yeah exactly um real quick it just came to my came to my head and i know we, yeah. we gotta we gotta let you go but um okay <laughs> I'm, I'm a huge fan of tim's i have to imagine that's just got to be a fun experience it is he's a crazy person he <laughs> um <laughs> it takes a lot to get him to like settle down and work on the scene because he just wants to 
play around and goof off and do his own bits. Um, often they are more blue uh, <laughs> than uh, than would be allowed on an ABC TV show. Blue being, you know, a little off color. Um, but it's a blast. He's fantastic and very gracious, and we're all so happy and lucky to work with the guy. Anybody ever ask him to do any Buzz Lightyear lines while you're on set? Oh, absolutely. Me, all the time. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I was like, I, was like uh, I think I asked him before if he would do my outgoing message as Buzz, and I still have to follow up on that. There you go. Because <laughs> um, I think that'd be fun, you know? That'd be, that'd be awesome. I'd love to have that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we're going to send people your way on Twitter, at Molly Ephraim on Twitter, and of course, uh, at Last Man ABC, which is the Twitter account for Last Man Standing. We encourage our listeners to follow both. Uh, as we mentioned, Fridays at 8... Uh, Fridays at 8, 7 Central on ABC. Molly, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, guys. Uh, all right, guys, we're going to wrap this up, this uh, showcast spotlight, but we'll be back for another one in just a little bit. Welcome, everyone, to another Showcast Spotlight here on Next Level. I am Ben Beck, joined this time by Steve Richards. And tonight, we're joined by yet another cast member from ABC's hit sitcom, Last Man Standing. A couple weeks ago, we had the opportunity to speak with Molly Ephraim. And tonight, um, we have the pleasure of speaking with, again, a cast member from Last Man Standing, now currently in its sixth season. Please welcome to the Spotlight, the lovely Nancy Travis. Nancy, thank you for joining us. Thank you. My pleasure. So great to be on. I, I didn't even know that you guys had talked to Molly. She's from Pennsylvania. Yeah, she is. Yeah, we so we had yeah. a little bit of uh, some local conversation with her when she was when she was on. She's I think she's from the same area too because we're in the Philadelphia area and she's from uh, I think like Bucks County. Yeah, yeah, so. she is. Yeah, so nice. Yeah, are you familiar with the area? Have you been to Philly at all? I have been to Philly. I don't know the area well. I actually grew up in Massachusetts, Framingham, Massachusetts. And um, so East Coast kind of gets glommed together for me now that I'm living in California. So, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm not familiar with the area, but maybe I'm closer to the area when I was growing up than I am right now. Yeah, yeah, it's it's close enough. I mean, it, we're the same way, you know, tri-state area, Jersey, PA, Delaware, Maryland, Northeast. Yeah. It's it's all the same to us. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's all the same kind of weather in the winter. Yes, which is actually, aren't you guys having a heat wave right now? Yeah, we're like mid 80s right now for mid October, which is kind of strange. Wow. Yeah, it is strange. We're having a heat wave right here, right here, right now. It's 100 degrees today. So, wow. a little strange for October, but we have it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're you're in California, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, 100 degrees in October. That's crazy. I know, but that, we don't get that. We don't have 100 degrees now. Now it's well. What we really want is rain. If it was 100 degrees and pouring rain, we'd be happy with that. But we have, <laughs> don't have that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's talk a little. Last Man Standing. Obviously, as I mentioned, you guys are in your sixth season, and I believe we've had about is it four or five episodes have aired so far for the season. Uh, yes, I. I think it is. I think this is the sixth episode about to come on. I think but coming up this Friday. I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I have to say too, I, this is something that we spoke to Molly about too. And I was a huge fan. I got on board with Last Man Standing because I was a huge fan. I'm, first off, I'm a huge fan of Tim's, yeah. and I, I was a big fan of Home Improvements. So of course, when I found out he was coming back to television, I jumped right on board. 
And uh, I, I'm, I'm such a fan of Last Man Standing at the same time. I'm so happy I'm that, glad. that Good. It, I'm so happy that it's still on. And I was very happy when I found out we were going to talk to you because one of my favorite things about home improvement was the, the family dynamic, um, you know, with Tim and Jill and, or, or Tim mm-hmm. and Patricia. And, right. you know, it seems like you and, you and Tim with, uh, you know, with Mike and Vanessa kind of have that same kind of family dynamic, which I love. Great. I know, I mean, I know uh, Tim was also a creator on the show, and I know he loved doing Home Improvement, and in a lot of ways that was a seminal show. It ran for a long time, and it was huge and, and garnered huge ratings, and so he wanted to to sort of capture that um, notion of a, a true family sitcom about a family, and he wanted it to be a real family, a, a married couple that actually loves each other, they're still intimate together, they're still, they care about their family, they're trying to get through the day, and they're trying to solve real problems, and and not always feel like you have to come up with the perfect answer in 22 minutes. I mean, sometimes things are left unresolved. And I think, especially this, this past season, what the show has done really well is been able to bring up complicated topics and and have a discussion among characters and just come down with, well, you have your opinion, you have your opinion, and and we can still care about each other and love each other, and, and it's all good. So, yeah. um, I mean, that's partly what I love about the show, is it's it's more nuanced than a lot of stuff that you see. Yeah. And I know you, you, know, you mentioned two home improvements ran for such a long time, and it ran for eight seasons. You guys are currently in your sixth. Cannot believe it. Cannot believe it. <laughs> and, in fact, you know, Tim will tease me because after the first season, I thought, oh, my God, we are not going to make it. I talked to a psychic, and I said, is my show going to get picked up because I'm having a good time, but it doesn't look good, I don't know, we're a Fox show airing on ABC, and uh, what's going to happen? And at the time, the psychic said, oh, yeah, you're going, you've, you have many, many years on this show. I said, no, come on, no, this show is the one I'm doing right now. Are we going to get picked up? And she said, yes. So um, whenever the negotiations have seemed can you hear my dogs barking in the background? Oh, that's fine. That's <laughs> so, fine. <laughs> yeah, this is a raid. Um, <laughs> so let me just close this door. Hang on. Sure. I don't even know if that's going to help, but we'll see. <laughs> um, so what was I saying? Oh, you're ta- you were talking about your psychic and... Oh, the psychic. Yeah. Right. So, so I actually went in one day and I spoke to Tim and he said, I don't know, you know, there, it's, it's going to be difficult to get picked up. We'll see what happens. And I said, but the psychic said, the psychic <laughs> said, so he's always teasing me at the end of the season saying, what did the psychic say? You need to go back to the psychic. We've got to find out what's happening. <laughs> what an L.A. thing to do to go to a psychic. It's such an L.A. thing to do. <laughs> I know. And you'd think I would ask about, you know, how much longer am I going to live? But no, I want to know if my show is going to get picked up. <laughs> Yeah, I think this is the first time, um, I mean, you've done a lot of television and film, but I think, yeah. is this the first series you've been a part of that's actually made it and surpassed 100, that celebrated its 100th episode? Yes, yes. I mean, I, uh, I mean, I've done a lot of TV and feature film work before that, and the series that I've done have always seemed to go about a year and a half and then be done. And then Becker, of course, went longer, but I, was, I wasn't on that for the whole time. I was yeah, I think only you on came, it for a year and a half. Yeah, you came in, at, I think, towards the end of that series. Yeah, so once we got past a year and a half on this, I thought, well, the curse has been broken and, and we're golden. So <laughs> that's a good thing. <laughs> um, you know, you mentioned Tim, too, and how he jokes around. I, I have to imagine, and Molly kind of confirmed this, too, but I have to mm-hmm. imagine he has to be 
the one of the most fun people to work with on set. He is a lot of fun. I mean, I think there is, first of all, I admire him tremendously, and I have learned a lot from him working with him just in uh, how to be comfortable with comedy and, and frankly, how to be funny. I'm I'm always asking him, how can I make this work? And he is is ready to help. But he is uh, a very opinionated guy, and he has stories about everything. And um, uh, there's a lot of stuff that's off-color, and he's not afraid to say what he thinks and feels and often spin it in a funny way. Mm. So um, we're often listening to him go off and expound about something that sometimes we're we're charmed by and sometimes we really don't want to hear <laughs> <laughs> well i i was a, a home improvement fan as well and yeah. he certainly threw off like because you're, you're getting prepared or you've already filmed it but the next episode that's going to air is the halloween episode yeah. so you have to wonder if he's like that in real life because certainly with the home improvement stuff like the halloween episodes that they did was some of the bigger episodes and obviously you guys have episodes dedicated to Halloween as well. So yeah, is it like a, like a festive type of thing? He likes to uh, kind of joke around and have fun there? Oh, yeah, definitely. And and I will say, I mean, as, as, as I said earlier, a lot of our episodes deal with bigger issues and we talk about them. The Halloween episode is a complete romp. It's just a goof and it's fun <laughs> and uh, it's a little off the charts crazy. So um, it, should be, it should be fun to watch. We're all excited to see it because we all... Uh, I don't know if, if you know this, but in this episode, um, I want to have the annual Halloween party, and Tim's character does not. He's sick of it. He doesn't want to have it. So he <laughs> thinks the solution is to force us to all dress up as each other, and <laughs> that that will be so unpalatable that we'll end up hating Halloween and never want to do it again. <laughs> and um, it works to a certain extent because we start... Uh, we dress up as each other and then start sort of becoming the worst of each other and bickering. And uh, and then there's some news that comes in the episode that kind of dampens all our spirits and, and everyone rallies and, and comes back together at the end. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Tim uh, is sort of the puppet master in the episode. And uh, he does that dressed as Donald Trump. So I don't oh, know if I'm boy. giving anything away here, but uh, <laughs> it's... It's funny. <laughs> it is really funny. <laughs> it's, it's funny. You know, it's it's funny that you bring up the whole Donald Trump thing too, because it I've I've read articles before the season even started, and I'm assuming it's it's kind of true to life in that the the show kind of does reflect a lot of Republican views uh, as the show I, as the show goes on. Yeah, I think though. I mean, what the show has tried really hard to do is is be balanced. So in the fact that it shows any Republican views or conservative views at all is kind of um, unique for what's on television right now. Uh, I don't think there are many shows that show any conservative points of view at all. So I I don't even, I hesitate to even say it's it's a Republican show or it's a Trump show or it's anything like that because we definitely present liberal points of view. But as I said before, we present these points of view and there's a dialogue and you come away with what you come away with. Um, but it is uh, it is kind of an outlier. I mean, I think I think a lot of what's on TV is is definitely very liberal minded and and progressive minded. And yeah, it's the one show that's like I mean, we have hunters in our show, which 
for me, who's a big animal advocate, it drives me crazy, <laughs> and I can't stand it. But but that's what what we are telling stories about. Yeah. Well, I mean, even the Republican or the you know the conservative point of views or any political point of views that the show has, it's always done tongue in cheek. It's always done with a sense of humor. So yeah. I, I I don't think it's anything that anybody who's watching the show should ever be offended by. No, no, like not that. at all. And uh, and and also, I mean, we have the one character Ryan, who is the 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 liberal point of view, and um, it's it's also a lot of what he does is an extreme and it's tongue in cheek. And um, I think it's it, it the the real issue is we're we're presenting these things, and uh, and this is how people are trying to get through the day and live their lives and and make do for their families and. Um, yeah, and and frankly, I mean, we get a lot of humor out of it. A lot of humor comes out of that conflict between the two characters. Oh yeah, definitely between Mike and uh, Mike and Ryan, uh, absolutely. Yeah, and he does these vlogs at the end of the show, and he loves to poke fun at. Uh, I mean, the Mike Baxter character. Uh, it, it poke fun at Hillary Clinton and liberals and things like that, and and the audience eats it up. I mean, but. People in the audience who are Republican or Democrat, they love it. It's hysterical. Oh, yeah, so, absolutely. So it's a lot of fun. Um, I know earlier on in your career, back when you first started, I think you started primarily on stage, did you not, before television and film? I did, yeah. I uh, I started out in New York on stage doing plays and commercials. I mean, really, commercials were my first sort of um, taste of any kind of monetary success at all. And um, and that was that was pretty good for me. And I was determined to stay in New York and never come out to Los Angeles. And <laughs> ended up coming out a lot. Finally met my husband. You <laughs> hear the dogs again? <laughs> Sorry. No, it's fine. Don't, trust um, me, we've done interviews where people have had flat out conversations with their pets while we've been talking to them. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so I mean, it's they are, if, if you could know that they're three rooms away, I mean, <laughs> it is an amazing thing. Uh, yeah, but um, that's yeah. So, commercials, theater. <laughs> so was it film. was it through the commercial work that you ended up making the transition into like television and movies? Uh, yeah, I mean it was sort of one step at a time. A lot of waiting tables and one step at a time. There was no exploding onto the scene for me. I mean, I did a lot of commercials. Uh, and then started doing little parts in TV movies and, and ABC after-school specials. I don't even know if you remember those. But um, it was it really step-by-step, step, little parts in movies and then bigger parts in movies and then switching over to TV. And and I, I've been fortunate because I've been able to work for all these years consistently and mm. I've never had to look back, so that's been good. Yeah. So, so just try to fit in a timeline. Where does all this fit in with the uh, creation of the the Naked Angels that you created? Also, oh just because I want to, I wanted to talk about the Naked Angels, but yeah, that was a long time ago. That was right out of college. Okay. So um, I went to NYU, and we, a bunch of us, uh, graduated with these degrees in drama that were frankly worthless, and uh, <laughs> just tried to find something to do <laughs> with ourselves. So formed this theater company in New York, and as cliche as it sounds, we had a friend who had an uncle who had a big space in the city, like a barn, <laughs> and we put on shows, and um, and that was a that was a great bonding thing. And I'm still in touch with those people. Those people that were part of that group 
are still uh, close friends, and we still stay in touch. Well, is one of those people Frances McDormand? Like, I'm seeing this here. I don't know if she was or how she, uh, she close you guys were there. Yeah, she did some things, I think. And, I mean, Jeffrey Knopf and John Robin Bates, um, Rob Morrow. I mean, there were a lot of people, Fisher Stevens, a lot of New York actors, Gina Gershon. Uh, there were a lot of people involved then. That's cool. So where does the name yeah. come from then? Because that's interesting. I don't even know. I think it was, uh, uh, I'm trying to think back. I think it was a member named Nicole who it had some kind of meaning, uh, probably based on some poem or something that I can't recall. But, yeah, it has a meaning, but I don't even know what it is. <laughs> it's catchy, though. It's catchy. Yeah, 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 for sure. Do you? I, I know. Uh, you know, we mentioned. You know, you've done a bunch of television and a bunch of film. Is, is there one that you prefer over the other, or do they both hold both different? Uh, you know, positives and negatives towards them. I think. I mean, I, I, I always love to do a play. I, I mean, and it, it's few and far between for me. But that always seems to be. Um, the getting back to your craft kind of grounding thing because it's just you out there in front of an audience and you get to be indulgent in the rehearsal process and all of that. But, uh, I mean, I, I, I kind of love all of it. I'm, I'm always happy to work, and I like working with different people and, and learning different things. It's an ongoing learning process. I like the immediacy of doing live television, sitcom television, uh, we do record the show in front of an audience, and believe it or not, you rehearse one episode all week, and then as soon as you get it on its feet in front of the audience, it changes, and each audience brings its own personality, and the jokes either live or die, and you're really kind of out there. Mm-hmm. So I, I love that. I love that feeling, and it uh, is as dogged as the rehearsal week may be, when we get in front of the audience, it, it really comes alive and, and becomes electric. And I know Tim feeds off of that, and his enthusiasm for that is infectious, and it's like showtime. Yeah. So I, I love that. And, uh, and feature films are also wonderful. They're, it's, it's trying to tell intimate stories uh, with a camera right in your face and, and to really express something through that lens. Yeah. So different things. I guess the live television too would also add a add back to you an element of the performing on stage uh, as well because again you're in front of an audience and whereas with a stage play you know you do one complete run through the whole way through there's no stopping right. um you know but and live TV you get you can stop and 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 redo a take or anything like that so I guess yeah. it's kind of the best of both worlds it is the best of both worlds, and I mean, my my ego uh, coming as a stage <laughs> actress doesn't. I hate when I go up or or we stop. And Tim is a, a stand-up comic, so I mean, he loves to improvise and go off on tangents and chase the funny. So it's an interesting uh, marriage here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I've I've seen a lot of the outtakes from. From home improvement, so I know oh, I, yeah. I can only imagine how he's yeah how he oh, is in front of he, the audience. He, yeah, it's like tossing a quarter, the shiny object, and he goes, and <laughs> and the audience loves it, loves it. It reels them back in, and they just love it. So um, it's it's just tricky to follow him and stay in the same zone. But, yeah. But we it, just follow. We don't even try to get in line or see it get in front of them. We just follow. <laughs> it's one of those things, too, because I know if I ever lived out in L.A., I would try my best to just 
go to live tapings of television shows as much as possible. Because I've, I've, the only one I've ever been to was I went to a taping of The Tonight Show in New York, and um, that was fun. But I would love to be in the audience for a sitcom taping. It just... Yeah, it's, uh, you know, honestly, I mean, having done a few of them, it depends upon the show. I I will say I've been in sitcoms where it's gone six or seven hours, and we had to release the audience because they were literally falling out of their chairs with with boredom. So, um, and and it's not this show, by the way. I Mm. mean, this show, we've got it down (laughs) to a science, and it truly is like a show. We even serve pizza. It's great. Um, But it could be a lot of different things. It depends on the people involved and, and the writing. I mean, you can't discredit the writing either because it really all rests in that. Yeah. So, 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 wait. You have you serve pizza to your audience? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm coming out to LA. Oh, it's and great. Going to a taping. I mean, we have a comic <laughs> in the audience, a comedian who's keeping the audience warmed up and happy while we change costumes and things like that. We serve pizza, and then you have Tim also. Yeah. Just, you know, whatever. So. um <laughs> And, and we get it all done in a couple hours. It's really pretty great. And these oh. cameras, it's four cameras on uh, proscenium stage, and it moves from set to set to set. And the audience can watch it on monitors, or they can uh, just watch what's happening on the floor. And it's pretty fun. People people enjoy it. I'm coming out to L.A. just to go to a taping. And there's prizes. <laughs> <laughs> Everything. Is there a certain yeah. sense of pride that goes with making a live TV show work? Because I know... I was listening to uh, when, when even before the show even started. I was watching a like a Tonight Show appearance or something, and Tim was saying how it's live and nobody does it live anymore, and how he was proud that the show is a live studio audience. So, is there like a certain, I guess, pride in getting the juice from the audience and making that yeah, work out? There, there is definitely a sense of pride, and there is um, a sense of accomplishment because it's it's. We, I think we make it look easy, but it's not easy. And I think there's, there's certainly a sense of pride every time you can get an audience to laugh, to laugh so hard that they feel like they're going to wet themselves. <laughs> I mean, that is, I mean, to reach people and be able to get them to laugh, that's, that's an amazing thing. So, uh, yeah, I always feel really proud. And, and then I also feel like beating myself when, when, I, when they don't laugh. <laughs> yeah, so, right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, it just this is a pivot. I don't know how to transition, so I'm not going to. Uh, but I was looking at, I was looking, I was checking out your Twitter, and it see, you mentioned the the animal advocate stuff, and it seems like you you're an advocate for a couple of different things on Twitter. I, I don't know if if you want to go into it, you're you're more than welcome. I was just kind of intrigued by the fact that you use Twitter not only as like an interaction thing, but as like a platform as an actress, and if you think it find that to be important and things like that. I'm flattered that you're even saying that because I feel like, (laughs) first of all, I'm such a novice and uh, ignoramus when it comes to any of this stuff. (laughs) And uh, I've been coached by Molly and Amanda and Caitlin on the show because I just don't know what I'm doing. And they are all always admonishing me like, don't respond to people, what are you doing? (laughs) Um, But I I literally just go through the feed and whatever sort of um, either appeals to me or makes me angry or whatever I, 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 I like, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, but definitely a lot of animal stuff. Uh, I, I mean, I do follow PETA and I'm constantly retweeting that kind of stuff. And, and I love to read, so anything literary. Uh, and, um, I mean, I'm not that political. I mean, lately I've been sort of intrigued about Evan McMullen, wondering what he's up to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, just sort of whatever, 
whatever. Whatever you, yeah, whatever yeah. interests yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, was there was there something that that intrigued you about the because uh, I'm an, I'm an advocate, an animal advocate myself as well. So I was just interested in what might have um, had that click for you and what what got you interested in PETA and all that stuff. Because I think it's great um, to have people with your. I kind mean, of I've always loved animals. I, I mean, you can tell you can hear my rescue dogs barking periodically through this. In fact, if you were looking for a nice segue, I could have just signaled them to to bark, and that would have helped. <laughs> um, uh, and I just. Uh, it, 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 I think in the last few years, I've I've seen how we treat animals and how where our food comes from. And uh, I've I've always loved elephants. I've visited Africa, and they're they're amazing, majestic beasts. And I just think I'm just cruelty in any form, people or animals, um, is is very disturbing to me. Yeah, we yeah. had. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with him or not, but uh, we inter- we had interviewed a sh- uh, earlier on this year. We had interviewed uh, actor Paul Blackthorne. Um, I don't know him. No, he's uh, yeah, he's a Brit- he's British actor. He's on like the tele- the the CW, like the comic book Arrow and the Flash and and, uh-huh. and those kind of shows. But he's a big advocate for uh, Rhino. Uh, for saving oh, the rhinos yeah. in Africa, and he does a lot of things like that. So we we gave him a platform for that as well, and he was like thrilled that we were able to talk to him about it. And wow, that's uh, great. And when that's we finally great. met him, and he was he was talking to him, talking to us about it even more in person. And so so yeah, so like Steve, I mean, we're you know we're big into that as well. We don't, you know, I will say too, it wasn't that long ago, and and um, I just I, I I've always known about poaching and. Uh, was at a loss as to how I could help or what I could do. And then it seems like in the last few years, and maybe it is because of social media, there's been such a uh, an outcry and uh, a, a positive movement towards trying to stop it. I mean, a really aggressive movement towards trying to stop it. I mean, and it's it's baby steps compared to what is actually happening, but um, but it's happening. And, and that's a good thing. Yeah. So um, I know we're running a little – we're running towards the end of our time. But before we let you go, there was one thing I wanted to bring up. And I was racking my brain on how I wanted to bring this up. And the only way I could think of is to ask you if you would sell me some haggis. Kid, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> You're like a planet. I have to say I I love so much So I Married an Axe Murderer. Oh, cool. Thank you. I am Thank such a, I'm such a fan of that movie. I've been a fan of that movie for years. I have a ton of friends who are fans of that movie, and they would never forgive me if I didn't bring that up and tell well, you how much we love that you movie. You belong to an elite cult because <laughs> no one saw that movie when it was in theater. Literally no one. And that is possibly the one thing that I've done, the one piece of work that I've done that whenever people say, oh, I know you, it's So I Married an Axe Murderer. It's So I Married an Axe Murderer. Yeah. That movie yeah. is, is uh, yeah, I mean, it's if you look at, uh, I try not to look at like, um, you know, like critic ratings and, th- and Rotten Tomatoes and things like that. And especially for cult movies like that, that I love because they always are I'm on sure the lower. It's been trashed. Yeah, yeah. They're always on the yeah. lower end. And all of us yeah. are always like, these people do not know what they're talking about. Uh, it's yeah. such an underrated movie. It's so much fun. And I have to imagine that even, you know, the same with working with Tim, working with Mike Myers had to be a blast as well. Well, he, I mean, he is the heart and soul of that movie. And, um, it, it, it is a testament to his his genius as a as a writer also and a comedian because he um, 
a lot of what that movie is about is is him. So um, it was it was it was kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. And the whole the whole thing with him playing his father with the prosthetics, I know that that was a, a battle, and he won, and and it was great. <laughs> he's great. So uh, yeah, he's pretty amazing. And it's I think it's the only thing that he's done where he actually plays a guy, like just a straight guy <laughs> who's trying to get the girl. Yeah, yeah, you're you know, right. Everything cause... else, he's this caricature, and in this, he's a leading man. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting. So, yeah. And, and it's it's a really good opportunity for him to shine as a leading man, too. And it's just a shame that he never really gets that opportunity too often because he's good at right. it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So. so, yeah, that was fun. Anthony LaPaglia, Amanda Plummer, a lot of people in that. Phil yeah. Hartman. Yeah. Yeah, a lot yeah. of people. A lot of actors in that movie. Yeah. Um, I think um, Charles Grodin is a cameo right. in that film. and. Um, so many great roles. So yeah, so I would have never been, I would have never heard the end of it if I didn't bring that up. And just... uh, I'm so glad. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know we're, again, we're running short on time, but of course, you know, Steven mentioned your Twitter, so we want to encourage people to follow you. You're at Nancy great. A. Yes, Travis. I need followers. Get them on there. <laughs> at Nancy A. Travis on Twitter. Uh, Last Man Standing is at Last Man ABC on Twitter. And of Great. course, uh, Friday nights at eight o'clock, seven o'clock central. Currently in season six, we're such big fans of the show, so we want to encourage people to go and watch it on ABC. Yeah, and it, on ABC. And we, uh, I'm as much of a fan of Home Improvements as I am. I'm keeping my fingers crossed. You guys beat that record, and you guys go yeah, longer than that. Good. Me too. Well, me too. <laughs> I'll ask the psychic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ask the psychic how long it's going to go, or if you're just going to beat Home Improvement, because then you know you're a success great so uh but nancy thank you so much for joining us i it's such a pleasure to talk to you oh thank you my pleasure uh all right guys stick around or not stick around but we will be back with another showcast later on down the road so join us then thanks a lot